0: Welcome to the Basketball to Remix podcast, and I am your host, M.T. Armstrong, aka Coach 1891, and today I have a very special guest on the Basketball to Remix podcast. I have the founder and president of Hoop Culture, a basketball apparel, a basketball lifestyle apparel brand uh, out of Florida, and that gentleman I have with me today is uh, Mr. Mike Brown. Welcome, Mike. How you doing this morning? I'm blessed. Thanks, Mark. It's good to be talking to you. Same here, man. And uh, it looks like you're, you're enjoying some beautiful weather down there in the background. Tell the audience where, where you're currently located.
1: Yeah, I'm currently located in Oviedo, Florida. It's right outside of uh, the great University of Central Florida. Um, our headquarters is in Longwood, um, right up the street um, in the suburbs of Orlando.
0: Suburbs of Orlando, right. And I I thought we would start our conversation off uh, kind of from where you're at now and then we'll jump back to in the beginning You know in these conversations With uh, entrepreneurs And founders like yourself You know when we start off In the beginning What made you <laughs> the guy you are But uh, as a customer And a fan of hoop culture I received this this uh, letter from you um, uh, A couple of weeks ago I believe uh, A hoop generation A decade of culture And what I liked about it And what it, <clears throat> um, what it suggests to me is That hoop culture uh, actually has been at the forefront of uh, the modern basketball lifestyle uh, vibe, and particularly uh, in apparel. Um, And when I'm just gonna go ahead and read this for the audience, so because I think it helps sets context on who hoop culture is. Um, We wanted to give you a little insight into the creation of hoop culture. Hoop Culture is the premier one-stop store for copping unique basketball accessories, the forerunner of the independent street and lifestyle apparel, setting trends with each and every new arrival. From the bottom up, back when it was still just a textbook definition, we were first to bring you what it means to be unequivocally part of the culture. And 10 years later, not only have we changed the apparel game, we have, re- have reinvented the wheel, somehow pioneering many of the tags that resonate- resonates now with your generation. Eat, sleep, ball. I love that one. Poop vibes. The game is my life. Basketball above all, ice in my veins, and plenty more. We started back in 2009 with one kid's ambition and a single slogan on a graphic t-shirt reading this game is my life it grew into a global movement thanks to the millions of supporters who have seen us grow on every mainstream social platform hoop culture is fitted basketball made players welcome sincerely mike brown president hoop culture inc mike beautiful letter nice touch from the founder and the head guy over there what inspired you to write that letter and send that out to people on your email list
1: well it's always easy um to be able to write your thoughts down rather than you know conveying them um you know over a voice um and it just was something that i've been passionate about um celebrating our 10 years this year Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a grind over the last 10 years. And Mm -hmm. I think like as a a business owner and having so much responsibility, Mm -hmm. um, you can get lost in that. Um, Mm -hmm. But just being a 10 year old brand, um, there's an accomplishment in that alone. And this year in particular, I've been able to um, resonate on that and enjoy that part of the process and just appreciate the fact of what I've been through and what our team has been through over 10 years. Um, so it's it's a it's a pinnacle for me. Um, it's something where I like to um, really hold myself accountable and, and win at um, almost everything that, that I do and the company does. But in business, you take losses, and sometimes you can um, take those to heart. And so it's hard to... Um, get complacent in an everyday um, cycle of a business Mm -hmm. and so for me in particular I'm always want to be better I always want to achieve more so it's hard to take a step back and see what we've done and gone through and I think celebrating 10 years has allowed me to um, take a step back and appreciate Mm -hmm. the process and appreciate how far we've come regardless Mm -hmm. of where we are in particular to where I want to be um, so it's almost like a, uh, a moment where I could take a breath and just say um, we've made it this far and I appreciate the process and I appreciate how much we've been able to influence the culture of basketball uh, around the globe um, that, that's a, that's a big deal to me you know when I see that people are wearing the gear when I see that people recognize the name I remember in particular I was at an event in in uh, Louisville, I believe, and some kid was like, you work for Hoop Culture? And I was like, yeah, and mind, mindful, like, this is a real grind. Like, I'm driving to different cities. Um, we're, we're setting up pop-up shops promoting the brand, um, and he was like, do you know how big Hoop Culture is? And I was like, thank you very much. Um, it was a, It was a kind compliment in the time that I needed it, but I just always <laughs> love that story because it's like, we don't always know how big we are um, around the globe because it's a 24-7 grind. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, this is just a moment. as a long-winded answer, but a moment to be able to just say thank you and reflect on what we've accomplished over a 10-year period, which I think in business is an accomplishment in itself to, to make it for that long, especially in an industry like this. This is Everybody's, you know, trying to do it. People love basketball. If anyone can, I mean, since we started, I can't even think of how many people have come into the space. Um, So it's a a battle every day.
0: 10 years, Mike, is a monumental accomplishment when you think that average small business fails before five years, you know, so to uh, get to to 10 years, that is a, a, a huge, um, huge accomplishment. So congratulations, congratulations on that. And uh, that was, that answer was a 10-year answer. So it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is, now, hoop culture, was who was, is hoop culture your first business or, or are you kind of similar to other entrepreneurs who've probably been running businesses and trying different things since they've been a kid? How long have you been on that, that type of grind?
1: Well, I would say that ever since I was a young kid, I always had a business mindset. Um, I grew up with very little, um, and so I always wanted to, to gain more. And I think that it started with, you know, um, baseball cards to paper routes to um, uh, to selling, you know, <laughs> selling merchandise to buy more merchandise um, as a young kid in middle school. Um, into high school I started getting into playing basketball and um, I did that pretty much um, 24-7 and Mm -hmm. um, I had to because I wanted to um, be the best that that I could be. Mm -hmm. Uh, I took that into college and I played uh, at a junior college then at a small division two college and during that process I knew that I wasn't going to be playing at the next level. Um, so I took that hard work that I put into basketball and started putting into school and business and starting dreaming about, you know, what I could accomplish beyond the basketball court. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first business was trying to help kids um get into college for um basketball. For me in particular, like I would have never mm-hmm. attended college. Um I grew up in a um, it, like I said, in a poor environment where no one had ever attended college before, but it was, only, it was the only place that I could play basketball at the next level. So college was the only option for me to continue to play basketball. And for that reason alone, I ended up getting a degree, a great education, um, learned you know, opening up so many more doors than what my small town had to offer. And so after I graduated, I saw the value that basketball brought to my life personally and I wanted to help other kids uh, fulfill the same goals of playing at the next level. I figured if I could play, anybody could play, uh, just finding the right fit, whether it's a junior college, division three, NAIA. So I put together this database that had all the um, schools in the country that offered a basketball program. Uh, I called it Hoop Connection and it connected athletes to college coaches probably a premature before its time where like the internet was really a, a social community um, in, a, in a specific space like this. Mm-hmm. And so I remember promoting it and I had this DVD basically where you could load it and it had all the schools on there. You could basically take it in your own, own mm-hmm. hands, reach out to coaches, They wanted to see game tapes. I mean, the the process is so simple for the lower levels. Division one, there's all the money in the world to recruit. Um, And and I'm speaking, you know, obviously 12, 15 years ago um, when I was in this space. But, you know, smaller schools, they recruited from having personal camps or getting videos. I remember my college coach, he'd get videos from overseas and be like, have to make recruiting decisions based on kids submitting videos. so i wanted to get into that space and just help one kid go to college and i remember trying to promote that business uh, hoop connection at a basketball event and i had a t-shirt on there with the logo so the logo's always been the same so hoop connection the hd logo and some kid was like how much for the that t-shirt and i was like um maybe I need to switch gears here and figure out how to make money in business so I can be successful so that I can truly be a blessing to other people. And so ever since that moment, um, we took the HC, you know, turned it into Hoop Culture because that's more of a lifestyle brand uh, mm-hmm. for apparel mm-hmm. and ran with that. And so, um, you know, for the past 10 years, that's what we've been doing and that's where it's kind of came from. So. Technically, I started kind of with the, the mentality of a hoop connection, where I was connecting athletes to coaches, but it mm-hmm. evolved into hoop culture, and and thankfully, you know, that's pretty much the the only business that I had to be in. I think it's one thing when you're so passionate about something, mm-hmm. you'll find the will uh, to survive and to succeed.
0: I, I totally agree with that. Um, did you know that <laughs> your your blueprint is? I'm gonna use the word exactly, exactly the same blueprint that the first premier, your grandfather in a way, of your of your niche industry and one, that's yeah. exactly how they got started. They started yeah. off with a database type basketball service. And did that for about a year. And at some point, they switched to the apparel at the single shirt with the faceless man. Yep. And boom, it took off from there. Uh, so I don't know if you I don't know if you knew that, but that's exactly how the guys from and one started. You said something else that I think is important that kind of helps tie the direction I would like to go with is. uh in so many words, you leverage what you learned in wanting to be the very best basketball player and leverage something about that into the energy, the et cetera, to uh, uh, not only start your business, but uh, continue with the grind. As a a former uh, collegiate athlete yourself, what were some of the transferable skills, transferable experiences that you Develop and want to be the very best basketball player you could, and take it to uh, where, take it to your physical uh, limits, and then transitioned into business and kept it moving
1: yeah and i'd like to kind of thank my um one of my teachers professors in business he said that um, i won the ibm business award in college and he said Mm -hmm. i took my hard work from the court and put it into the classroom and i thought that was interesting because that was before i knew i did that Mm -hmm. Um, because Mm -hmm. it's just a natural trait that we develop um, when we're trying to to be better um you know through practice work ethic uh, especially if you're smaller than everyone else you work harder and Mm -hmm. um that's one of the things that you know (laughs) Um, I've learned that it doesn't matter how big you are, it just matters how hard you work and, and what you're willing to sacrifice and put into it. Mm-hmm. But I think with basketball in particular, um, it's, it's really the, the work ethic um, that I developed from it because it was the endless nights in the gym, it was the endless practices during the day, it was endless of, of what I could do to be better and I poured it all into basketball. And so pouring that into the next step and which, when I graduated college, I got into um, you know sales and advertising, and that's competitive as well. So you know when you want, it's just like.
0: Did you find sport. yourself? Did you find yourself tapping into your basketball experience during tough times, mentally or physically challenging times? I got to get up. I got to go do this. The grind.
1: I think naturally, um, I did that, but I think mm-hmm. it was more so. Um, the game of life, the game of business, just Mm -hmm. wanting to win, Um, just Mm -hmm. being competitive. So I think that competitive spirit aligned with basketball, which is a team sport, So you have to have that, you know, leadership ability to lead your team, to work well with others. Um, I think that's crucial in any job. You could be the best salesperson ever, but if everybody hates you and you don't do things the right way and bring, you know, your team up with you, you're not going to have long-term success. You're going to maybe have some short-term successes. And so I think that's one attribute that I attained was learning how to be the best that I could be. And also to be a good leader and to be able to work well with others. Um, and those sports does that for for young athletes. You see, you see so many athletes going into the sales profession, um, and it's because we're competitive, and it's because we want to achieve, you know, success. And it's an endless grind. I mean, just like one game, right? You have 82 games, say, a season for the NBA. Every single game is new. Every single day in sales is new. Like you know, so you take those that same. You know work ethic and you pour it into something like that where you get what you put in and mm-hmm. and that's something in sales and in business that you're able to attain so i can work 24 hours a day and get what i put in and that's something that um, you can't do everywhere and not everybody gets that same work ethic from you know not necessarily playing sports gotcha got,
0: were you ever a captain of a team?
1: I was. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So um, that was one thing, you know, and when I got to the, every level was different, you know, in high school, I was a captain and in, in junior college, I was uh, all academic and all all-star um, and a captain. And then I got to uh, NCA division two program where we're testing uh, NCA division two. And I was basically, um, I remember my coach said, what number do you want? And I was like, um, number 12, he's like, well, you're number 21. And I knew where I was at that point. I had to work and grind. Um, I wasn't the big recruit. I was I was basically fighting for my position. And so even though I was not a captain when I got to the Division Two level, I ended up, you know, earning a starting position my senior year and also um, winning the coach's award. So I think that's one thing where it's like, I was willing to work harder and everyone was willing to, you know, obviously, um, you follow Mm -hmm. that lead
0: i think absolutely i think that's that's critical to being a legitimate to lead through influence as john maxwell says Mm -hmm. the greatest level of leadership is influence not position right so that that's awesome um mentors you made a comment about a teacher helped you see something in yourself you didn't see yourself in yourself, as we transition and speak more about the hoop culture business, let's start off with um, Have you had mentors? Have you had people to come along and help you learn the game of business and help you see things you didn't see, see the blind spots? Uh, and if you have, how important has that been to um, building a business that's lasted for 10 years?
1: Yeah, I mean, My hoop culture family is is both, you know, our family, uh, my work associates and my mentors because they put in the same sacrifice and same grind. Um, So I would say every day that I go to work, I get to work with my mentors, um, people that I really look up to and admire for going through this sacrifice with me. As you can imagine, any entrepreneurship or any small business, um, what it takes to make it. Um, it is constant sacrifice and so my team has has been able to do that from the beginning I mean my creative director is still with me from the beginning my partner basically vice president is with me since the beginning he was an intern from University of Central Florida and he stuck through it with me and without those guys like I wouldn't be where I am and and most particularly I have um, investors and people that support me on a a level all the time through the through the beginning that I couldn't get here without them in particular our our CEO now Tom Doyle he's a mentor to me and helps me on a day-to-day basis you know kind of wave the waters of of this business life and um, and see things differently and, and be able to help the business grow so yeah, it's, it's, it's a team for sure. And I have mentors everywhere from even the story that you mentioned about in one, I mean, things mm-hmm. that I've studied and grown and, and learned from, um, you know, I soaked it all in reading books. Um, so it, it's, it's a constant learning um, process, but I have the right people around me to support me uh, on a day-to-day basis to make this successful. And I couldn't do it without them. I mean, hoop culture wouldn't be hoop culture without those people.
0: I'm going I'm to tell you this. Uh, I've Within that one answer, I have a very clear picture of the quality and character of leader you are, in that you, you've built something and you have people that have be, been, been there with you from the beginning, definitely have learned enough that they could go do their own thing, give it a shot, and they've stayed with you um, for the yeah. entire time. That's awesome. Um, what's your business model? How would you describe, you know, I'm, a, I'm coming in with a... With million check to help you with your next vision. How are you going to explain (laughs) your business model to me?
1: Well, I would say, you know, it's about product development for us. It's continued to scale the business through advertising and growth online. I think, you know, it changes from year to year. I know that we Hmm. used to look at retail really heavy. Uh um, And now we're looking at more, pouring more resources into our online um, community. We have over Mm -hmm. 4 million social media followers through our our platforms. I want Mm -hmm. to continue to grow that because I think we're a social community driven brand. um, And the younger generation, really, it's appealing to them. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for us, it's just how can we continue to develop new products? Um, that are gonna, you know, stay and last. In particular, lately we've been developing um, backpacks
0: and, and yeah, some your, back, your, your backpacks are fired. Yeah, back, I, 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 I fell no, in love with them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, your, your backpacks, I, I'm i of the opinion uh, that your backpack are one of those signature differentiators yeah. about your brand. That with people that are really into Lifestyle apparel gear. They think of fly backpacks, hoop culture. Hoop culture, fly backpack. Yeah, I think I that's mean, a great association to have.
1: I think so too. I think you have to get behind a, a particular product um, mm-hmm. and really be different than anyone else because mm-hmm. anyone can develop a t-shirt slogan. Anybody can develop a t-shirt brand. You could you can even develop it without even having inventory through Teespring. So if you have an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you can come up with that, but to develop a brand that's going to be everlasting, you have to continue to, to product develop. I mean, our new duffel bags, it's a backpack and a duffel bag. Okay. The quality of that backpack is, is unlike anything I've ever seen. The, the details and the zippers and, the, you know, the inside it's tile group culture. I mean, it's really like we're really stepping up our product development game and that's where we're pouring our, our resources into product development mm-hmm. and advertising in particular. Um, to be able to continue to grow our audience. I mean, we've, we've already accomplished, you know, getting orders out faster. We've already accomplished, you know, building a great customer service team. And now it's how can we scale this in the most efficient way? And it looks like rather than just seeking retail, it looks like we can do it online, you know, and especially oh, in
0: these <laughs> As one of my mentors says, brick and mortar is out <laughs> of order. <laughs> we're, we're literally in that we are in the click in order era we're not in the information age anymore information is a commodity click in order. We, we're, <laughs> like we're, at, we're in the we're in the digital age we're in the digital yeah. age and uh technology has uh, In this season, there's another wave of technology that's coming out that's going to be differentiated that the masses won't be able to duplicate. But we're in a season with the basic technology required to do business is available to the masses. So so it's more about the story, your brand story. What's the story behind your brand? What's resonating with um, customers? Share with the audience, particularly for those young ones that are speaking, um, why your strategic approach moving forward is product development, and that and how product development is more than just another t shirt, (laughs) another t shirt slogan, or using a different colors, different set of colors, predominantly.
1: Yeah, I think it's the I think it's the long term effect Mm -hmm. i think it's it's about um what your competitors can't do or willing to do and invest in Mm -hmm. because when you're trying to focus on product development it's more than just a single product Um, you're getting samples from that product you're going through a process through the factories and then once you get through all of that now you have to place some significant orders and so it's it's an investment all around from the design, the build out and, and being able to be happy with that product and then to mass produce it. So it's one of those things where I could go and, and print off 10 T-shirts, you know, and have have me a business. But if I want to get into backpacks, I have minimum orders. I have to you know, pay up front more so. So as a young entrepreneur, you have to think about those things with, you know, cash flow what you're going to invest in and what and margins. I think margins is the biggest thing for young people to understand. If you get it paid five dollars for a t-shirt and you're selling it for $10, you're making five dollars. If you can buy an item for, you know, ten dollars and sell it for a hundred dollars, you might be more willing to invest into that process and be able to um, increase your inventory for something like that because you know that you can turn that around. It's a long cycle for sure because it's like you get your product You have to advertise it and you have to sell it and fulfill the orders. There's a cycle there. But once you start to develop that cycle, maybe with some of the smaller things with t-shirts and long sleeves and hoodies, and then you have a process, then you can kind of filter in that same process with bigger products that people aren't used to. And I think that's where we see our audience getting the most excited about our customers. Um, over new drops that are, are custom, like the custom shorts, the custom backpacks. That's something they can't just get everywhere. And so we built right. the community and now we're, we're filtering in product development with that. So, you know, doing it from the beginning is, is a challenge, mm-hmm. but also um, it's, it's, it's worth it um, in the long run to be able to focus on product development. But there's a lot of factors that go into that in particular. Uh, minimum order quantities, cost of goods, um, and then what can you get? You know, how much does it cost, and how much you can sell them for? Because you're you're playing with the big guys, right? Like Nike, Under Armour, like they're able to sell sell an item for eighty dollars, and they probably have ten dollars into that because they're they're mass producing hundreds of thousands. So if right. you're saying I want a thousand of those, you might have to pay forty dollars for that same item to sell it for eighty. So you know, as a small, you know, young entrepreneur, you have to think of those things as cost of goods and what you can sell it for and what you want to focus on to get started and, and just continue to reinvest into that process. That's the biggest thing that I learned from the beginning is it's a constant reinvestment. Um, and that's, I, with it's,
0: excuse me, but I, I think that's something that uh, a lot of, Uh, young entrepreneurs that uh, they have the aspirations but haven't developed a business since yet may miss out on because they will they think that 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 profit that they're making is pocket profit as opposed to no there's a season of just putting it Back in, back in, back in to grow and build the business. Um, you're in an extremely fragmented uh, market, right? It's huge. <laughs> it's so huge, but it's fragmented in, in many ways. Um, talk about, but so with that, talk about where your stream, where's your sources of income coming in from? Is it 100% online? Um, is it 100% apparel? How's that, look, how's that looking right now? How, how is the money? What products or what, what um, channels, sales channels, yeah. are generating revenue for you?
1: Yeah, so it's pretty much all online. Um, we've opened mm-hmm. up some other sales channels as far as being able to utilize our online capacity through other um, platforms selling on Facebook, on Google, So there'll be other channels that, but it's all online sales. And then we've added to the mix um, team sales and, and Mm -hmm. in particular, like some wholesale that comes along with that. Mm -hmm. So a team might buy, um, you know, a couple hundred uniforms for their organization and we may outfit them with, with um, shirts, shooting shirts, hoodies, um, all of those accessories. So it kind of comes back in the line with what are we producing and where does it make most sense on, um, on these teams? For example, So that opens up a whole nother market for us. Um, Backpacks for, you know, so teams can get backpacks, teams can get uniforms. So we've really poured a lot of time and resources into the uniform side of the business Mm -hmm. um, to be able to produce something like that. And we're still Mm -hmm. uh, continuing to work on that. Mm -hmm. But that's a big opportunity for growth for us. So I would say, you know, the online is is a huge number one uh, Mm -hmm. and a focus of our our main focus every single day. And then also team sales and and some
0: wholesale. Got it. And when it comes to the online space, there's always the uh, the, the content. Uh, What's your guys' content game? What's your content strategy when it comes to leveraging you know, I come from a, I come from a background where we believe every business was a media company in the, in the modern terms and that the production of content in some form or fashion was instrumental in telling the story of the brand. How does hoop culture approach that?
1: I think it's one of those things where um, being a, a, a smaller brand compared to the, the big um, guys out there, I call them like mm-hmm. the Nikes and Adidas' out, Under Armour, mm-hmm. Um but um, being, being a little more flexible, we can, we can work on content day-to-day depending on what's going on in the world. I think it gives us a leverage up, especially with our product being able to, so you see like in our warehouse, we, have, um, we can print products. So we have, you know, t-shirts, hoodies, everything's printed inside our warehouse. So if we have a bigger- American made
0: t- folks, American made. <laughs>
1: And so for a particular cause or a movement, like we can, we can turn that around pretty quickly. So we're really like on a, you know, a day-to-day basis when it comes to developing content ideas. Um, and I think that kind of makes us a little different, gives us a competitive advantage. So, what's going on in society, we're able to encompass into what's going on at Hoop Culture. But mm. obviously, we want to continue to, to streamline the, the passion of basketball into motivational um, mm. sayings that motivate people on and off the court, that they feel um, that part of the culture when they're wearing our gear uh, and part of the lifestyle. Um, I think at the very beginning of the brand, I was like, I want someone to not necessarily just hoop in it, but when they put it on and go to the movies, like people know they're a baller. I remember when I was a young kid and like, you were in the Northeast five-star basketball camp was huge because I think right. Michael Jordan was there. So any kid I saw that I go to a camp, they had a five-star, I was like, man, they're so nice. I'm sure they're awesome. Right. Um, and so I wanted that five-star hoop, but you had to earn it nowadays. You can, you can get any teacher you want, but that's why I want people to, to feel when they're wearing hoop culture. It's part of the culture, but also like, I want people to know that, that they're, they're a baller. <laughs>
0: Let's let's drill into that a little bit further as we, as we wrap up because I know uh, from conversations that I've had with you in the past that uh, you've been pretty focused in staying in the lifestyle um, staying in the lifestyle brand. Meaning, um, I went out, I wore my Nike, my underarmers, my Adidas on the court. I dropped my thirty five. I shower, a I refresh,ing but I'm stepping out of the locker room for my after game activities and supply hoop culture gear. You want to be in that space. Uh, one, why? And two, uh, do you foresee the next 10 years? It's just an involvement of really mastering that lane and staying in that lifestyle space and not venturing into the performance area, maybe having a hoop culture sneaker, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and I think the, the thing that makes us a little unique is that we listen to our community, our audience, what they want and what they need, and where they're and we go where, where they go. Um, so I think it's one of those things that we're constantly going to be developing and entering new spaces um, based on the demand for our product. Um, but I just, you know, I think the streetwear, the lifestyle, the culture of basketball, is so it's so appealing because you know you have the music side, you have the video game side, you have um, uh, every basketball player wants to be in hip hop, and every hip hop artist wants to be a basketball player. <laughs> it's like being part of that culture is so fun. But mm-hmm. like, why not wear our shorts hooping? Why not wear our shirts? You know, hooping. So I think that it's going to be one of those um, environments where. People are just wearing our brand everywhere. And as we continue to grow, they feel part of our community, whether they're playing or or going out there into, you know, into the clubs with with some different Mm -hmm. products. So if we continue to develop products based on, you know, for the young kids, for the older generation, Mm -hmm. where it's, it's clean and simple, um, have a little bit of something for everybody then we can kind of encompass that whole basketball space but i but to be honest with you like that streetwear lifestyle it's just appealing you know to be part of that to to say like we're the streetwear i always always used to say like that our, our brand is sculpted from the game of basketball you know and so it's like that streetwear feel that lifestyle but People are hooping in our stuff, and, and, and mm-hmm. I would, too. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily segment us out of that, especially now that we're getting into team uniforms and okay, um, getting into that side of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see where it takes us over the next 10 years, but we're going to listen to our community and, and really try to push it.
0: Is there exit strategy or is this legacy?
1: uh that that's an even better question than the last question (laughs)
0: um because i I know i know know people have i I, without you telling me because you've never told me this but i know people have came at you with some uh maybe some with a blank check what would it take for us to be able to get your brand yeah
1: i think it's one of those things about timing um you know mm-hmm. trying to fulfill this this dream and this process of creating something that's sustainable um mm-hmm. is the first step you know if you want to create a brand um and have an exit strategy and build a legacy all at the same time i mean look at the folks at n one right like seth and those guys that built n one like they created a legacy and the brand is still alive you know i mean <laughs> Um, oh, so it's one getting, of those
0: you're hitting a sore spot with me I could go off
1: on that uh, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead though <laughs> no it's just funny saying it out loud but um, you know they, you know, so it's one of those things where you know we want to make sure that this legacy lasts forever um, mm-hmm. and that it's, it's a brand that's sustainable and continue to grow to the point where we're pleased and happy with it mm-hmm. so we're just taking it one day at a time and opportunity comes and um we wanted to see what's best for our hoop culture family our investors and um our brand in the long run so whatever that looks like we're open to to wherever it takes us but right now it's it's one day at a time
0: it sounds like you're really enjoying the journey uh mike <laughs> and uh it's awesome you've had a uh, this window in the journey to um, pause reflect yeah. appreci- appreciate Uh, and i'm sure that brought some renewal uh, of energy renewal focus uh, and okay let's get to work for the next 20 years i'm looking forward to see where the next 20 years lead leads for hoop culture Um, (laughs) hey mike i I really i really appreciate your time today on the bass butter remix podcast i i appreciate for those that don't know uh, we, we, we met several years ago through through business, even though we never actually did business. And this is the amazing thing. We <laughs> never actually did business, but we have stayed in, in touch over the years, uh, uh, just because I think there was a sincere respect for the way we had approached things. Um, yep.
1: I don't want to cut you off, but you know that I'm a big fan <laughs> from the beginning of, <laughs> I, you, you know, of you. So I appreciate, uh, I appreciate that. It.
0: <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, um, you know, I'm going to be following up with you soon, man. Uh, basketball Remix, I'm bringing that to the, I'm, I'm bringing that to the market. I got some things, I got some things in work to bring a, a, a better basketball sport to the market. So, uh, I don't think I've I don't think I've disclosed a whole lot about that with you, but in the coming weeks I'm going to bring you I'm going to bring you up to speed so you know exactly what, like where my passion is, what I've been sitting on for the past 10, 20 years, uh, and why my response to that comment about and one was like
1: ooh <laughs>
0: because and not only is and one still around, but and one did have that window of opportunity to. Uh, I would say at this days be at the, be t- twice as large as they were then, and when the year they were sold, they did two hundred and fifteen million dollars. Yeah. Right. The year they got sold, so you can imagine what they sold for. That's yeah. Um, uh, and I have my own, I have my own conspiracy theories <laughs> 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 behind the fall of behind the fall of and one because and one uh, combined it really with the mixtape tour. Uh, really, yeah. th- really threatened traditional basketball. It was a legitimate yeah. threat to that, to that, to that whole space. So, anyway, with that man, Mike Brown, founder and president of Hoop Culture, the flyest basketball lifestyle brand out there in the market, with the flyest backpacks uh, in the market. Uh, Mike, I appreciate your time, man. We went a little bit over, so I apologize for that. Uh, look forward to talking to you soon, man. Thank you for joining. And, uh, yeah, you too. Thanks, Mark. Hey, I want to thank you for listening to the Bass Butter Remus podcast. I want to let you know about some really cool t-shirts based upon the No Backport concept. Now, these are high-quality, tri blend t-shirts for only $20. It's high value, low expense. So, Shopify, no my Shopify.com. We have several different designs, so I'm confident you'll find a design that you like. And in the process, you'll be supporting my efforts to bring a basketball remix lead to your city. Finally, let's connect on social media. I would love for you to stay up to date with my efforts with Basketball to Remix, the modern interpretation of the original film, as well as catch all my latest podcast drops with the Basketball I Remix podcast, remix. and also the podcast I do with my main man, independent Rob of b-ball addicts the business of basketball from the blacktop to the boardroom Hey, until next time this is coach 1891 mark armstrong be blessed and i know i'll see you at the top basketball!